What's good, Denver? What's up, everybody? What's good, Denver? This is a weekly celebration of culture and discovery and fun stuff to do in Denver for kids, couples, singles, and old-timers. I'm Ryan Estes with Olivia Lorienti, Tom Donahue, and the Cortland Sutton podcasting Troy Higgins, Denver fans. The Broncos got four in a row. What's happening right now? Five and five, looking like we're the playoffs are in contention. I'm back on the train. I'm a, I'm a Russ fan. I'm a Broncos fan again. It feels great. You could call me a fair weather fan, but hey, I, I've been I've been through the ringer, so I, I they deserve the criticism when they have it. But when they're playing well, God, it's great when your team wins, isn't it? Ah, Nuggets had a rough spat, patch, but I think they still got the best the best uh, uh, record in the league. So you know, it's a great time for sports fans in, in Denver. I hope you guys are all doing freaking fantastic. So today's going to be a little bit different. We're going to go kind of in and out, and then we're going to feature an article, or I'm sorry, an interview with my friend Tori I, I uh, did remotely a couple of weeks ago. And today, our feature is Thanksgiving. So what we're going to do is we'll, we'll share a favorite side, perhaps a recipe, and perhaps a little story about a family tradition or, or something that's special to us for Thanksgiving. To follow the show, go to kidcaster.com forward slash Denver and subscribe to YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. We stream this show every Tuesday. It's Monday now, but typically it's Tuesday. So please join us for the stream. And today's sponsor is Samana Float Center. That is samanafloat.com, 26th in Larimer, Denver. Also, if you're in Fort Collins, there's a Samana up there too. And this is the place where you just float your troubles away. And if you're not troubled, this is performance-enhancing floating, okay? You never knew that, like, you could, you could radically change for your life for the positive, even if it's going fantastic by merely laying on your back and floating in 18 inches of salt water. It's just that easy, ladies and gentlemen. What you got to do is just float. You just chill. It's dark. It's warm. It's quiet. It's wonderful. It's just floating. It's just floating. That's what everybody's doing in 2023. Cold bath, dude, that's terrible. Okay. You get in the cold water, it's awful. Then you can grit your teeth and get through 180 seconds of it. Good for you. Why not take 90 minutes to just chill? Even better. Why don't you do the float tank first and then go chill in the and take a cold bath and then go float in the float tank? It's probably the best way to do it. Samanafloat.com. Go float, Denver. Love it. Our music today and always is by Troy. Higgins. All right. What's up, guys? How you guys doing? We're also all recording remotely, which is great. It is like a chilly, overcast day. Are you guys feeling as snugly as me? It's actually oh, it's a little snuggly. chilly here, too, as well. Is it really? I mean, I don't know what chilly is there right now, but it's like low 60s here right now. It's kind of chilly. That's right. Troy's busting out his cashmere for like, low 60s. Yeah, I might have to put on pants. We'll see. <laughs> the day is young. Nice. So you guys ready to get into some uh, some Thanksgiving sides? Yeah, Olivia. Let's let's start with you because I'm interested as a vegetarian. Like I know the sides become very important because sometimes, perhaps, if you're with folks and with turkey, 
decided to be cut the whole thing. I'm actually going to be kind of a Scrooge. Are you sure you want me to go first? Oh, yeah, sure. You're going to Scrooge Great. it out? I'm going to Scrooge a little bit. I, I've never actually liked Thanksgiving, even before I was a vegetarian. I just like a lot of the classic dishes. My family is very American when it comes to that. They do like the green bean casserole and everything, which I just, that stuff is gross. Um, so finally this year, after building up to it my entire life, my family is becoming a Chinese food on holidays family, which I'm really looking forward to. Well, we're actually getting Indian food, but uh, <laughs> Chinese food is So number one favorite is Indian food. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for like the naan and some korma and probably some malai kofta and uh, just totally ditch Thanksgiving food altogether. My favorite things that actually belong on Thanksgiving are the pies. So sweet potato pie, pumpkin pie, pecan pie, those can all stay. That's my, that's my Thanksgiving meal, Indian food and pie. What about you guys? I think we found the communist. <laughs> it's me. I feel the same way. I've never been a fan of like traditional Thanksgiving food my whole life. Um, I do. I love when there's always like something else mixed in that's not on the traditional menu. Um, like I don't know. Like my family, we d- we do Mexican food on on Christmas, so you know, we're like I love that type of thing. Awesome. But for for the sake of traditional Thanksgiving food, um, I gotta say, for me, it's probably number one, mashed potatoes and gravy. Number two, mac and cheese. Number three, the traditional turkey. Four deviled eggs, five pumpkin pie. I Ooh. think that's like where it would rank for me, which I feel like a lot of people will probably disagree with some of the, some of the things on there. Those are mainstays. I mean, those better be on the table. That's all I got to say. I mean, that green, yeah. uh, green bean casserole too, that slaps. That's got to be there. Somebody's got to get that. It slaps right off the table. I don't... <laughs> I could do without that one. Oh, man. I mean, that's the one time a year you get to eat like ant green beans with fried onion crisps on it. Come on. Yeah, so a lot of mine are pretty similar. I think mashed potatoes and gravy is also number one for me. Mac and cheese is also up there. Um, I'm definitely going to throw stuffing into the mix when it's good stuffing. Uh, I also like the turkey too. I mean, this is, these are all the things that are definitely on my plate. And then probably you got to get some sort of biscuit or something in there so that you can make a sandwich out of all of the prior ingredients. Um, turkey, Word on the street is you go by Turkey sandwich. Tom now. I'm not surprised that you had to have turkey on that plate. You know, last night I was giving everyone some super scoops. It wasn't turkey, it was beef, though. Well, Turkey Tom, anyway. That's me, Turkey Tom. Got the wraps and the turkey on my sandwich. How do we feel about deviled eggs? What's the consensus on that? Yeah, I mean, it's usually not in our on our menu on Thanksgiving. I didn't know that that was a, a classic. Yeah, a, my family's super middle American, so you know they have a plate they only use once a year that has little divots in it to uh, put, yeah. like, special for the egg. Mm-hmm. I'm here for them. They're not... I think of them as just, like, 
it's it's a boiled egg with some miracle whip and paprika. I'm here for it. Yeah, the deviled eggs always gets that second pass. You know, where your aunt's like, Ryan, the deviled eggs. You're like, oh, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. But that's more of an Easter thing, generally speaking, around the Estes parts. Mm. I, yeah, I don't know. There's some of my favorite things to eat on Thanksgiving. I don't know if, about the Miracle Whip part. Yeah, I told you, Middle America, man. I didn't make the rules. Okay. I, I was just born there. Like, I just have to rock out. These, like, but this is probably why I don't like Thanksgiving. Like, maybe if I had, you know, come from somewhere else with less Miracle Whip, then I would like it. Who knows? Yeah, you put you put a little bacon crumble or a little pork crackling on top of that. Now, now we're talking. Sometimes it's the texture, you know, like a little cr- crispy crunch. That's a good way to go. I what agree. about you, Ryan? What are your Thanksgiving staples? You know, we go hard. I mean, we go really hard. I, I appreciate all the the dishes you guys. And actually, I think the tradition of getting Chinese food or Indian food on Thanksgiving is awesome. You know, but I particularly love Thanksgiving food. It's fantastic. Now, uh, little known story. So every four years or so, my dad's birthday is on Thanksgiving. And then every four years or so, my son's birthday is on Thanksgiving. And then every four years or so, my birthday's on Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving is imbibed with like this joyous birthday celebration for me, my dad, and my son. So it's, it's got some emotional weight to it, probably. That enhances, you know. Plus, I love to cook. You know, Heidi's mom loves to cook. My mom loves to cook. So we go hard. You know, this year's going to be awesome. I got, I got family coming in from Philly. I got people coming in from all over the place. So it's going to be particularly good this year. Plus, you know, you've got the football games. Plus, you know, you've got beer, maybe some like Manhattans. It's amazing. I, I love Thanksgiving. I want to give a shout out to to local business, um, Smoking Yards. So in, in that COVID year was, was great because social distancing was at a must. So it was just my little family of four for for Thanksgiving. And we got their smoked turkey. Oh my God. I don't know if it's still if it's you're still able to order that, but it was absolutely extraordinary. It was so good. That it was so dope to to not have to worry about the turkey. Like turkey's good, and then let's do like all of our sides. So yeah. that that was the jam. I also like prime rib for Thanksgiving if we're talking about like proteins. But by far, there's there's two sides that I gotta have, and one that I'm notorious for. One, what I really like is the roasted carrots, and I like the roasted carrots with kind of like a almost like a hollandaise sauce, like very garlicky. You know, like just a a little bit creamy. You know, you're talking about like the green bean casserole. And I feel like in the 80s, everything was swimming in heavy cream and like butter. (laughs) Just The food was kind of disgusting in the 80s. You know what I mean? Like nobody knew how to cook and it was all kinds of weird stuff. Like you put like people putting like weird lobster and stuff that didn't deserve that. So I don't want it to swim in the cream sauce. I want it just a little bit, you know, when the, the carrots get like real soft and the, the sweetness comes out of them and they're roasted just a little bit, just a little, little cream hollandaise sauce in there. That's the jam. But I'm most known for my cranberry sauce. And I know a lot of people are not really into cranberry sauce. I've learned that over the years and I had to adapt my cranberry sauce to the palate 
of the, the general Thanksgiving guest. So I'm going to share with you guys my recipe for, for cranberry sauce. Okay. First thing first, you got to get the bag of ocean spray cranberries. There's no other cranberries. They're the ones. Ocean spray. I don't know why they're like they're one, they're one thing. You know what I mean? They could, they could build the whole brand off that cranberry, but that's all they got. They're like, we got one bag of cranberries. We sell it for two weeks a year, but it's the juice. It's absolutely great. And just take that, put in a half cup of water and you boil it until the, the, the skin of the cranberries break. And then you add in a whole carton of strawberries. Now that's a secret right there. Most people can't handle the sourness of the cranberry. So the, to sweeten it, you use the strawberries. And then it has this amazing strawberry forward with the cranberry undertone. Okay. Then a little scoop of chocolate, chocolate powder. Then a little scoop of cinnamon just to make it a little extra special. And then now you got it. Okay. Once you, once you get, let that kind of, kind of cook down a little bit, throw it in the blender, get a nice puree going, and then pour that in a nice dish. You know, I, I bet you Olivia probably has one dish that comes out once a year for the cranberry sauce. But you want a flat dish now. You don't want to pour it like a, a traditional sauce. And I'll tell you the reason why. Because what you got to do is you got to put a layer of marshmallows on top. Mm-hmm. Again, wildly different from any cranberry sauce I've ever met. I've been taking notes, by the way. I've never, <laughs> I've never done your recipe. I'm going to check it out. Nice. Now, I'm imagining it's much sweeter and less tart than a traditional cranberry sauce. It's very, very sweet. It's very sweet. Sounds and good. When you got to the chocolate powder is when things changed. Because I was like, I was like hearing the strawberry and cran and I was like, that's obvious. That makes sense. But you really like. You went out there with the chocolate. I'm really curious to try it now. Chocolate adds just a bit of a rich character to it. I mean, I, I'll also probably put, so it's just under the surface, like a uh, red chili powder, either cayenne or probably just whatever I'm working on with right now, but a little scoop of that. So it has just a little heat, little cinnamon, little chocolate, and then the layer of marshmallows. Uh, I know at Whole Foods, they've got vegan marshmallows. You could try those so that, you know, then this is a totally vegan dish, but it's really good. Kids love it, obviously, because it's out of control sweet, but there's no sweetener aside from the fruit and the marshmallows, but boy, the marshmallows really kick it up a notch. So I'll usually do two marshmallow on top, extra strawberries, and then one that's kind of a little bit more tart. I want, so I want a really tart cranberry sauce, you know, and that just goes over I, the top of everything. And I don't really actually, I personally don't want the marshmallows on my plate. I'm a savory guy, you know. I thought it was delicious, even though there was a lot of controversy around the cranberry sauce back at the Caster Thanksgiving potluck a few years ago. But, you know, I kind of made a scene. I'm glad. Listen, I, I think this is how a lot of people think, right? That I don't, I don't usually mix the cranberry sauce onto my initial plate with food on. Yeah, I don't use the cranberry sauce like gravy, like a topping. I like it at at the end, like a dessert. Though. I agree uh, with Tom. I'll I'll fill in the backstory briefly. So that that COVID year, right? Everyone's social distancing, 
but we all worked together. So we were kind of, we were in the what? The bubble? We had our little friends bubble, our work bubbles who were like, hey, we might as well celebrate. We did a little friends giving. And there's probably what? 20, 25 of us, something like that. Yeah. So we had this gigantic spread. And of course I do my cranberry sauce, you know? So everyone gets a plate. We're all sitting down and I start looking around at everybody's plate. And I was like, it's like, yo, you guys, nobody, nobody got the cranberry sauce. Nobody got it. And they're all like, ha ha ha. Yeah. And I'm like, no, dude, that's crazy. Oh, no. man. That's, that's what are you talking about? Like, come on, come on. I made that. This is my signature dish. This is my signature dish. You gotta, you gotta at least try it. They're like, oh, okay. Okay. And then so like kind of people make second round, you know, and we're all circled up again. And I look around I'm like, dude, I, I'm not even joking. You guys didn't get the cranberry sauce. I'm the only one. Everyone's enjoying everything. Everyone's throwing around compliments. Oh, these Brussels sprouts are so delicious. Oh my God. This asparagus is so good. No compliments on the cranberry sauce. Nobody even tried. The cranberry sauce was good. I just didn't get it during dinner time. No one tried it at all. I definitely got it after you did it the first time. I saw tears in my eyes and was like, all right, all right, yeah, man, it's good. It tastes like strawberries. I was like, that's the secret of the cranberry sauce. It doesn't even really taste like cranberries. <laughs> I think that, um, wait, hold on, I think. I think that you called everyone out for it. And then I definitely tried some after that. But, I don't know. I think a lot of people were like not aware that you made the cranberry sauce when they first went up. Where did they think it came from? I think some people (laughs) just thought it was some like classic, you know, jarred or store-bought. And I don't think everyone knew that Ryan made it. So I don't think everyone was trying to like hate on Ryan's cooking. I just think that nobody knew that he made it until you said so. I will say, like, you're doing a lot of PR legwork for cranberry sauce because I think, like, everybody's thinks for, like, first Thanksgiving involved the can, right? And we yeah. evolved societally. Like, my family makes cranberry okay. relish now, which is also nothing like cranberry sauce. It's really good. Um, it had It's tart, but it has a lot of other stuff in it. So I feel like people probably did pass some unfair judgments until they tried it. But I also appreciate that you stand for things. Yeah, well, it really hurt my feelings. It was way better than any canned one we have. Thanks, Tom. I do like the canned as well, but it was, it, it, it's it pretty good. And, out. you know, if I'm ever really in my emotions, then you'll see me mention something about cranberries under my breath. Like, it's still a wound, kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Things so, aren't going well at the weekly meeting. You're like, yeah, my goddamn sauce. Cranberry haters. We are going to drop this recipe in the show notes because I took notes when Ryan talked about it. So check out the controversial cranberry sauce in the show notes. Nice. Yeah, it's it's worth it. So this year, it's my son's birthday on Thanksgiving, which is just mm. super dope. So it's fun. Also, also like turkey? Too. Is he stoked? Oh, yeah. He's, he's a big turkey guy. You know, mm-hmm. it's... Uh, it's cool too, because I mean, you know, being from Denver, you know, that means I got family all over the place. So when you can consolidate three birthdays into one night, that's, that's great. I mean, I love spending time with my family. Don't get me wrong, but you know what I'm saying? You guys are 
got just the right birthday timing to not be like a combined Christmas like now we've got the combined birthday on Thanksgiving and then we still also all get presents on Christmas yeah I, I it's probably I'd say top five best birthday holiday combo I would say number one is 4th of July oh yeah because then you're just grilling out and it's just a party. Everyone's chilling. It's easy to like, like, oh, well, happy birthday. You know, Thanksgiving, you kind of don't want to like upstage the like host and things like that, you know? Yeah. Right. yeah. That's yeah. Right. Still pretty dope. Fourth of July birthday is probably nice. St. Patrick's. Christmas birthdays are not good. Yeah. No. St. Patrick's Day would be a mess. There <laughs> don't need to be anything additional on that much day. Part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're, that was. That would be a mess. That that could get sloppy. How to trust a Valentine's Day be? I mean, I'm sure it would be fine like 50% of the time or like you had a partner. But if you were just chronically single and your birthday was on Valentine's Day, that would that would be terrible. Yeah, nobody be wants to come to your party because they're all like on dates. But they're all with their partners now. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Well, let's leave it there, guys. What do you say? Yeah. You want to talk about the uh, interview that we're going to add on, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So this is an interview I did with my friend Tori. Um, I totally spaced the name of her bar right now. Darn it. But I will make that introduction momentarily. But I was just kind of like down on Pearl Street. If you guys know the area of my Wash Park, South Denver. And I was looking for a spot to get a taco and a Wi-Fi. And I went in there, you know, it was like 4 p.m. And and I walked in and she was like, I know you. I was like, oh, dang, Tori, what's up? Is this your place? And she's like, yeah. And then so I was like, okay, hold on. Let me, let's talk about this real quick. So we caught up. I haven't seen her since probably 1996. Um, so it was really fun. It was really fun to see her. And, and she's got a, a, a beautiful place down there on Pearl Street. Just like an old school, sweet, like bar. You know what I mean? It's very cool. And she's really into coloring books. So if you like to drink and, and do coloring books, boy, this is your place. Is it the Hazel Art Bar? That's it. Yeah. For that. How'd you find that? I just pulled Tory Bar, Pearl Street, Denver. That did it. Yeah. Hazel. Yeah, and it was cool. Uh, like Ian Rumley, shout out to Ian Rumley. He did a, a bunch of art in there. Shout out to Dan Erickson. He did a bunch of art in there. So this is kind of like an an OG South Denver type spot where she really just took a, a lot of folks that, you know, we grew up down there and, uh, and has their art there and is just surfacing that community, you know? So, I mean, that's, it was, it was kind of a, a dream for me because to me, a great retirement would be have some small neighborhood pubs somewhere, you know? Yeah, definitely. The, those Pearl Street bars are nice for that to me. So, yeah, Probably it's a kind of it's kind of place where, pub. yeah, they don't have the game on. They don't do karaoke. It's like a place you go with your buddy and just like sit at the bar and chill. I mean, that's just that's the best, you know. Before I had kids, that was like my kind of spot. Shoot some stick, whatever, chop it up a little bit, you know. One day, mm-hmm. I'll be back there at the end of the bar. Bring him back, yeah. Bring him back. Sweet. Let's listen in on it. That sounds sounds great. Sweet. Appreciate you guys. I'm thankful for this show and this podcast. I have so much fun doing it with you guys. So thank you. Thank you as well. I'm thankful for you guys as well. Happy Thanksgiving and 
to all the listeners and happy holidays. Enjoy your turkey and don't sleep on cranberry sauce. <laughs> don't do it. Do not make that fatal mistake. All right. Let's see if this works. What's good, Denver? I hope you're doing well. This is the remote broadcast. There was a serendipitous occasion that I decided that we should probably just bust out the phone and do a little podcast right here. So <laughs> I dropped my kids off for practice and I was down at uh, uh, South Pearl Street, my old stomping grounds, and just jumped into this bar to grab Wi-Fi and a beer. And I saw an old friend, Tori, and it turns out Tori owns owns the place. Yeah. <laughs> turns out. It turns out. So I said, I, hi, I know you. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. So we're at Hazel. This is your place. How are you doing, Tori? I'm good. How are you? It's nice to see you. <laughs> it's catch so up great bit. to see you. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Super cool. So um, tell us about your spot, Hazel. And we're at uh, South Pearl in Iowa, in South Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hazel is, well, it's just my baby that was born five years ago and we are a craft cocktail bar without the pretentiousness I like to say so we have like high-end liquor we make really nice uh, prohibition era style cocktails but in a laid-back setting um, very artistic vibes so, absolutely yeah we are um, I don't want to say we're not a dive bar but we're not like super classy either. So mm. you can just come chill and look at local artists' artwork. We hang different artwork like every three months from anybody that wants to hang really. Um, Ian Rumley, another friend of ours. Shout Dan, out Ian Rumley. Yeah, and Dan Erickson. They both helped set Hazel up. So you'll see them inside there with their art and the murals. See what else do you want to know? It's amazing. <laughs> I love the lighting too. It's kind of got a dark feeling. It's got a little poetic energy yeah, a little bit. Yeah, kind of cafe-ish too. Yeah, absolutely. A great patio. Thank um, you. So, so, what inspired this move? What, how was Hazel born? So, growing up in the neighborhood, as you know, um, and being a kid growing up and riding bikes up and down South Pearl Street, I just saw it change over the years. Yeah. And one day I was hanging out with my husband at Platte Park Brewery Mm -hmm. down the street. And at that time, they just had beer and they had games and we were playing games and drinking beer. And I thought, God, it would be so much nicer here if I could just have a glass of wine, Mm. you know, and maybe color in a coloring book or something like that. And you're a big coloring book lady. Well, just, you know, just to chill out and like zen out and just work with my hands. <laughs> do something. Sesame Street Draw. coloring yeah, book of course, or something. Yeah, I love drawing and anything artistic. So I said, God, this street is really lacking a bar. Like it would be cool if our neighborhood had just a cool, funky bar like the Thin Man or, you know, something just chill. Spot. Yeah, a neighborhood yeah. spot. I mean, you had like restaurants with bars but nothing just to go and hang yeah so i went home that night and i just kept thinking about it and thinking about it i'm like god it would be so cool if we had that and i i just couldn't sleep that night i had so many ideas going through my head and finally tom's like if you want a bar in the neighborhood just build a fucking bar. sorry can i cuss oh, you mostly can. <laughs> okay. yeah and i said 
well, how in the hell am I going to do that? I've never bartended in my life. Like, I don't know. You didn't I, come from food and beverage? No. What were you doing before? Hair. I was a hairstylist. <laughs> <laughs> and I was getting tired of that. My body hurt. Yeah. It just, and it's such a vain, like, profession. Like, always having to look your best. And, and you're always worried to about what other people are, like, how they're feeling and wanting to make them feel good. And so I just felt icky. Really? in that profession I just didn't like it, it just wasn't me um, but as an artist I also know the feeling of how underappreciated you are like you put all your time and effort into something and you feel good about it the coloring book you're talking about yeah exactly <laughs> and I want to sell the piece for $300 and nobody wants to buy it um, so I, I just kept thinking about it days and days later and finally I went to him and my husband he did own a restaurant in Denver called Hotcakes way back in the day. Cool. Breakfast and lunch restaurant. Cool. And so he's like, you know, I can help you kind of get it set up and we can figure it out. So help me with a business plan and it, I don't know, it just happened. Like it literally just happened overnight. I'm so grateful. And it was so much fun and it's still so much fun. It changes all the time. I love supporting the community yeah. and the coloring books. Yeah, because they're all sweary word coloring books, mind you. <laughs> yeah, nice. Do you have a shelf of coloring books? Yes, would you like to see them? They're adult coloring books. Are they really? Yeah, they say bad words, like really bad words. They're I mean, awesome. Bad words is one part of it. How adult are we talking here? I'm talking like color in your own vagina page. <laughs> it says cunt on it. <laughs> Nice. Well, it sounds like you really realized a, a, a childhood vision in multiple aspects of your life then. Well, yeah. So my Aunt Hazel, she was my great aunt, and she was pretty much like a grandmother, mother to me. And she was my biggest fan. It didn't matter what I made her, colored, a card, anything. She just thought I was like the most amazing person in the world. And I loved her for that because she really encouraged me and taught me that I could do anything I wanted to do and just yeah. to not be afraid. And another thing that she taught us, me, was that giving back to your community and doing things for other people and paying it forward yeah. is the greatest gift of all. Yeah. And so that is a mission that we live by here so supporting local artists and allowing them to hang their artwork in here and to make money or even if it's a, a Colorado spirit or you know anybody that wants to showcase their product here at Hazel we welcome that um, we That's donate amazing. a lot of money to the community too so it feels good yeah it's got to feel great uh, do you know Hannah Withers feel like I know the name. She might have been just, because I'm a little older than you, she's a little older than me, but she has cocktail bars in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Oh, okay. Um, you guys <laughs> should me. definitely connect. Because yeah, that'd be awesome. It seems like you're, you're like um, birds of the same feather. Yeah, I would love to. In the same way of like traditional American cocktails, mm -hmm. like great ambiance, great atmosphere, but that's neither here nor there. So tell me, it's Friday night. Like yes. what's this place going to be like around midnight? It's going to be popping, yeah. especially on a nice day like this oh, and the yeah. weather. It's not, and we have First Fridays here on South Pearl Street, so those are awesome nights to come. Um, even though it's not First Friday, it's it'll be busy. We have the ability to allow uh, customers to bring in their own food, yeah. so we support Sexy Pizza. It's on one side of us, Uno Mas on the other side. So when those restaurants get full, 
we get the overflow, which is really nice. Yeah. So, and I think people in the neighborhood, they know that. They're like, hey, let's go grab tacos and then get an awesome cocktail at Hazel. Not knocking Una Moss's cocktails, but. Yeah. <laughs> you can get margaritas the good food. there. They can yeah, be a yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so it gets crazy. It's it's a lot of fun. But the bar, is, it's definitely different, like, from the first part of the week to the end of the week. Yeah. You come, like, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you're talking... You know, date, day, date, night. We we uh, jokingly call Tuesday Tinder Tuesdays because we always see the same guy in here with a different date. Do you really? <laughs> oh, my God, it's hilarious. Some girls, too, but it's a safe space. Like, it's, yeah. you know, women know they can come here, and we, we're not going to say, oh, I just saw you last week with the other guy, <laughs> even though I want to. <laughs> so Tinder Tuesdays, it's fun, and... You have more of that cafe vibe, like people come and work on their computer like you were going to do today. Yeah. Um, but then as the week goes on, it gets a little bit more busy and it's very vibey. Yeah, no, no, no. I, and I love the vibe down here. Um, did you go to Grant by chance? No, I went to Merrill. You went to, of course. But not too far. Of course you went to Merrill. <laughs> I should have gone to Grant. I was a West Sider. I didn't grow up on the East Side. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it, it, it's interesting how I found myself here because I was sitting there at Wash Park and yeah. I'm like, I got an hour to kill, which is very rare. Mm-hmm. But it's like, ooh, 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 I can get a little happy hour in. Yeah. So you have your choice, Gaylord or Pearl. Yeah, Pearl. Pearl all the way. All the way. All the way. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, ah. No, I'm going to I'm going to Pearl. Yeah, you know, so yeah, it's, it's just a, better. It is better. It's more of a Denver feel. Yeah, like I've always felt like Gaylord has this weird waspy East Coast energy. Not mm-hmm. that there's anything wrong with that, mm-hmm. but it never felt Denvery to me. No, it's like you know? it's like the new it's like new money and officey and I don't know. It's like I said, and I'm not trying to like be mean or anything, but like Platte Park, this Pearl Street, there's not a lot of pretentiousness. Like it's not. No, you have. You have the same kind of successful individuals. You have students. You have all walks of life here. Families. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, it's just, just close enough to <clears throat> just close enough to Inglewood to really wipe the buffer off the yep. Teslas. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And bu- it's perfect. And, and uh, Broadway yeah. is awesome too. South Broadway's right here. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. Like, look at this little guy on his rollerblades. How cute is that? He's adorable. <laughs> just cruising. He's adorable. Nice. Which, yeah, so, I love it. Cheers. Again, Toy, this Thank is you. so cool. I, um, we're old friends. I haven't seen you in, I'd say, 25 years. Is that safe? Oh, my God, yeah. It's freaking wild. <laughs> but you know what's crazy is that it could be 25 years, and then you can walk in the door, and I'm like, I know who you, you are. Exactly I know you. So do you. You look it's great. so crazy. So do you. Yeah, okay. Okay, since we're old friends, we go back from the neighborhood. We go back to high school. What, what's one thing about the 90s you miss, and what's one thing about today that's better? Oh, God. Today that's better? You're going to have to dig a little bit. I know. <laughs> that I can actually survive today, probably, like, have, take care of myself. Um, you know, the 90s, I really miss, you know, seeing my kids grow up and how their friend groups are and stuff like that. I miss how it was in the 90s for us like I, I loved that I loved how close we all were and how close we were able to be without the technology and just had, we just always found something to do and had fun and the music was good and the clothing style was 
good and comfortable. It's like the clothing style is back in though. I know, it's wild. It's I was so, weird. so happy to wear wide leg jeans the other day. I was like, yes, this is awesome. Yeah, it, it, you know, my kids go to the same high school that we went to. Mm -hmm. And I was dropping them off the other day and I swear to God, they were wearing like, like baggy, like straight leg pants and like and the a bodysuit. Yes. yes, and I was like, oh my, it, it, I'm and at the, the same flannel, high school. And the flannel, the flannel wrapped, wrapped around, around. The yeah. It, it was really bugging me out. I, I, yep. like, I do double takes all the time. I'm like, this is so time warpy and yeah, weird. Yeah, it's crazy. When my son asked me to take him school clothes shopping this year, and he never wore jeans ever. He was like a hoodie and jogger kid. Yeah. And he got these like cargo pants. They're all wide. And I'm like, what in the hell? That's like way too big. And he needs the belt that wraps around his waist twice, you know? <laughs> And I said, wait, he's like, Mom, don't knock my style. I'm like, bro, this style was my style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way back when. Yeah. So and you're cool. not doing it right. Exactly. I, I can give you some pointers. You yeah, should take yeah. notes. Like your, that belt? That looks ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. But then versus now, I don't know. I wish I could go back sometimes. You know, Denver, the, the Denver we knew was is a mythical, historical, wonderful place mm -hmm. that's probably seen through rose glasses now. I mean, yeah. it was also, like, really dangerous back then. Like, our experience in high, in high school, I mean, we saw some shit. Yeah, we did. You know, we saw some violent, crazy, crazy stuff that was terrible. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that largely, I think, the today... Um, it feels safer. However, yeah, yeah. the school shooting thing is like... Oh, that's not good. That's the new like wrinkle, mm -hmm. you know, where it's like you're not really worried about what's happening after school. It seems like kids have their head on a little bit straighter. They're a little bit more emotionally balanced than we were. Um, until they're not, and then they actually just show up during the school day. Yeah, yeah. I feel like our kids, or this generation of children... Look at that beautiful car. I Holy know. cow. That's gorgeous. Is that a Carmen Ghia? It's like a, I don't know, Volkswagen? Not Carmen Ghia. Good one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I love cars too, by the way. Um, but the kids, I feel like, are very, they're better. Yeah. They're, they're like, safer. They're not getting as in much trouble as we were. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't, maybe because we know better, so we pay more attention to them as to where when you're a latchkey kid. Yeah. Your parents aren't paying any attention to you. You know, I think about this a lot. Like, there seems to be, like, there's there's ghosts that travel through generations. Mm -hmm. And, like, we're multiple generations back now from, like, it, let's just take it all the way back to the dusty old West days or whatever of, like, alcoholism and spousal abuse. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Which rips through families for mm -hmm. multiple generations. And in our generation, there was still a lot of angst. There was still a lot of uh, parental, like, uh, smothering, for lack of a better word, and, like, tyranny, mm -hmm. like, that you can't really get away with anymore. And I think largely it's because our generation, now we have parents that are in, in high school and we didn't like the way we were treated, perhaps. I'm not yeah, not no, making I'm, any projections here. I'm listening. Yeah. But, <laughs> but we didn't like the way we treated it, so we treated our kids a certain different way. And I think just, like, culturally and just maybe through, like, cultural evolution, like, kids now are more rounded and don't have the same scars of the ghosts through the generation. Mm -hmm. um, and especially my kids, they seem way more balanced than, than I was at that age. Oh my I mean, gosh, 100%. I mean, I was I, I kind of unhinged in high school. 
Well, I didn't have anybody paying any attention to me. I did whatever the hell I wanted. I remember running around with you doing crazy stuff. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be babysitting, but my friend Ryan is here. Like, oh, wait, what are we doing? No more details. Um, uh... like, uh, um, but yeah, I, I just think that the kids are so much better. Yeah, they, they, they definitely seem better. They seem happier. The, the, the friend groups that I see with my kids, they're, they're like genuine in support of each other. They used to have the same like high school nonsense that mm-hmm. happens, but but that seems better about yeah. today. Is like there's a, a culture of like um, sympathy, empathy, compassion, and, and gentle warmth. That when we were in high, in the in the nineties, it was like kill or be killed. Yeah, it was very like you show signs of weakness, you will be destroyed. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And there's elements of that that I really like. Like, you go yeah. listen to that, the, the great music, the alternative grunge music from the 90s, and it's like, the, the lyrics are like, so sad and heartfelt, but like, the crunch in those guitars, they're yeah. just gonna like, just beat you over the out. head over mm-hmm. with it. You know what I'm saying? And you could really feel it. That's what I yeah. mean. Like, back then, the music was just so much better. Now, I mean, it's still good today, but it's everything's so, like, poetic and... Soft, and heartfelt, and man, yeah. Where's the guitars? Like, yeah, where's the crunch? Where's the guitars? <laughs> That's what I'm. I want to hear some more horns. Where are the people that play freaking horns? <laughs> I want to hear a trumpet. I want to hear a saxophone. I was just thinking that I today. I want to hear some horns in a fucking band. I was just thinking that today. I was like, you know, is there a fourth wave of ska that needs yeah, to come like through? Something, something. Do we need a seventh wave of ska? Like. <laughs> Like let's do let's let's make bouncy fun music and then like angry guitar bands. I was so excited during COVID. Like uh, I grabbed my son and, and his buddies were over and I was like, hey, you guys, this is the perfect opportunity. Put down those controllers. Pick up a guitar. Mm-hmm. Get some drumsticks. You guys get throw a and band. Probably like, wait, what? You got years right now to practice. <laughs> it's gonna suck. It's gonna be really hard in the beginning. You're gonna sound terrible, but yeah. I'll give you all the encouragement you need. Yep. It's gonna be so fun, and by the end of this whole thing, like you guys are gonna have a band. Mm-hmm. And they were super stoked for like two hours. Yeah. And then it went away. <laughs> and then it was gone. Yeah. My but, son. My son likes to rap, and I'm like, how did I raise? kid likes rap like not saying that i don't like rap like yeah. i like old school stuff but i'm like okay this isn't what i was expecting but he likes to write music and nice. he's good at it and i really want him to get it out there yeah but it's like how do you do that everybody's famous these days everybody's TikTok famous instagram famous yeah i know that's a whole other path it is. It's still the, the the big promise that we had too in the beginning. Now this is moving out of the '90s into the 2000s. Particularly as an artist, particularly as a recording music musician, like, as I was, is the guarantee of the internet was supposed to like democratize like uh, fame and that you could find your 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 audience mm-hmm, online. Mm-hmm. But the same pattern emerged, which is that the top one percent of artists make 99 percent of the money. Yep. And that's, it, it's just wild how it's so formulaic for, for artists, whether that's like fine art, if that's movies, if that's books, if it, it, whatever it is, music, it's like 1% of any particular genre makes all the money. Mm-hmm. It's wild. We st- the, the internet, the promise of the internet now has not panned out. So to your point, it's like you could go, if you're making music for like social media platforms, like you got to break into that top 1% yeah. same thing. It's it's yeah. really hard to have a great product and take it to a different platform and then break through. Mm-hmm. Rather, well, you got to be great on that platform. Well, and then how do you do that? And then it's like, you know, 
to I had a bartender he was like Tori I feel like all you're worried about is social media delivery versus creating a really quality cocktail and I found it really interesting that you said that because I'm like that is not what I'm trying to do at all obviously we need the exposure to get people in to taste our amazing cocktails yeah because that's what we're about but that's just the way of the world now and it's really hard as like at our age to get on board with that yeah like, to be like oh god this is and now I have like 20 something year olds running not no offense to the younger generation but it's just <laughs> a little weird to have to be to take a step back and go okay this is what's happening like if i want exposure this is the way i gotta do it well and that, that, that's a really long way of explaining that like hey we have an attractive staff we got to get this out to the world people yeah. need to see what's going on at Hazel. yeah of course but then when <laughs> you're a musician you're like okay so i'm an amazing musician but the only way i'm going to get anybody to the recognize me as if I do this like there's only one way and I don't like that yeah I, I wish know. it was so yeah to your point I wish we were back in the 90s where it yeah, was but, easy yeah. <laughs> it seemed easier but it was still the same thing I mean I guess or maybe the, we were just blind to a lot of things because we were it, young yeah in the 90s at artists it was the same thing top 1% of making 99% of the money but yeah. there was just really no hope for anybody else I think maybe if you're like if you're a rapper and you're on TikTok, you, there's a chance. There's a the hope. You could be plucked glimmer. from obscurity. Plus, it's also like fun and creative to think about. Like, what's my new TikTok going to be? Yeah. You Someone know? out there is going to hear me and like me. Yeah. And I think actually that's a big a reason why like, like just like teen violence is way down. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm speaking of that statistically because it seems like violence is way up. But if you look statistically, that's just because the media is omnipresent. Right, but if you look statistically about violent crimes in the United States, it's down 30, 40% in the last 25 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's way down. Mm -hmm. And I think largely of that is because people have stuff to do with their hands. Yep. You know, they say that, you know, idle hands are the devil's playground and that we had nothing to do with our hands. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, Let's go fill them with rocks and throw them through windows or yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> whereas, or see how good of a cake stand you can do. Yeah, whereas now people are like, hey, you want to go cause some ruckus? And they're like, nah, man, I'm just going to like do TikToks. Or like the kids, oh, we're going to go to the park and stargaze. What the fuck? Who does? Who, who goes to the park with their buddies and stargaze? Well, with their buddies, yeah. That, I mean. I think I had that one too in I the guess, 90s, like, but it wasn't with the buddies. Yeah, with a keg. In a bong. <laughs> I'm like, wait, really? Like, are you just trying to pull my chain here? No, it's really like that's really what they do. It's that's cool. Freaking, it is cool, but it's like, it's wild. I know. It? But They're see, so good. I know. Okay, so here's another like kind of fun flash forward fa flashback. I remember Stargaze. You remember Abby Dubois? Yes. It might have been Abby Dubois. Dubois. Or Dubois. Yeah. I said Abby Dubois, and she always snickered at me because I wasn't cultured enough to know it was a French name, and it's pronounced different. Anyway, yeah. I loved her to death. She was wonderful. And I remember being on her her front yard stargazing in, like, 1993. <laughs> and this is the first time I ever saw, like, a, uh, a satellite. Oh. And so I'm like... That star is moving, I swear to God. What's yeah. going on? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I don't know what's UFO. going on. And I was like, it's aliens. I was freaking yeah. out, I swear to God. And so I came home, and I was like, Dad, I think I saw an alien. It was just like a star, but it was like moving across the sky. He's like, no, man, this is a satellite. It's reflecting the sun. Yeah. The sun. And I was like, oh. 
never mind. <laughs> so then I was kind of discouraged because I was really excited that aliens might be real. Flash forward, aliens are real. Oh. And now we Who know would, it. Yep. <laughs> you knew something way back when. And now kids, now I check in with my kids all the time. I'm like, have you seen the latest evidence of how <laughs> aliens are real? And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm like, no, not whatever. You're just accustomed to it because I've been talking about it for 20 years. Yeah, they're like, but okay, But it's really dad. true. And they're like, yeah, whatever. They're like, like, okay, dad. Okay, dad. It doesn't have the weight it used to. Well, I have the Stargazer app on my phone now. Oh, all it's so do cool. All you just look, you know, look up and... My son's like, Mom, seriously, you didn't take Earth science in high school? I'm like, wait, that's your class? Earth science. It's like, I took science. You're like, okay, smarty pants, let's go outside and yeah. you name the constellations. And he freaking does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know there's an app for that. <laughs> that's a good one. I also like the, the peak to peak where you can just like put your phone and like uh, take yep. a picture of the mountains or whatever what and it shows all the peaks i have peak that names. one too that's cool love that. or all trails or you want to go yeah all trails is super cool well we didn't have all that back in the day we didn't i know but we still managed yeah yeah and was, look how cool we are i know totally i mean businesses like hazel businesses. drinking yeah. beers on a friday yeah on a patio in the middle of the street that i used to ride my bike up and down yeah. do you remember the old record store or where you could like go buy cds which one it was on the street and i can't remember if it was it was twist and shout it was twist and shout absolutely I it was knew it i said yeah. that the other day to somebody i was like i swear to god it was twist and shout yeah totally they they had several locations before they ended up over on east colfax yeah it was right here yep yep it was uh i think it was what's the school buyers Yes. Across the street or something like that. Yeah. 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 No. No. It, that place was legendary because, okay, we'll go back to like 1988, and I remember I was going to Baker Middle School, mm -hmm. and there was a bus stop there, and we'd get off and go in there into yeah. Twisted Shout, and this was right when Tipper Gore did the whole legislation with the uh, um, explicit lyrics, and they made this big fuss of like. These vulgar albums have swearing and violence and That's all the parents. That's when they put the little advisory Yeah, the little advisory thing. sticker yeah. to tell all the kids exactly the ones to buy. Yep. Because all the parents going crazy and you're like, wait a minute, you're what? You're like, wait, no, I want that one. <laughs> there's, there's swearing and violence? In this yeah. Movie? Yeah, I want yeah. that. But of course, I think you had to be like, maybe 18 to buy those albums? Probably. I think so. And I remember it was... Um, too short life is too short and it was <laughs> <laughs> what was the other one um, oh what's his name luke in miami what's the name two live crew oh yeah nice two live crew and that yeah that was when it was just a little neighborhood spot yeah i just have so many great memories of riding my bike up to trade out like you know like totally. oh I, i've already CDs. burned through this nirvana i need something new but i didn't have any money so it was just nice to be like hey totally can i have the new metallica black album that, and you can have this that was an important hustle awesome. for kids hell you could yeah. get you could get the 10 cds from columbia penny. hell yeah and then go trade them in for like five new records mm -hmm. yeah there was that was awesome i love that that was like the best delivery day of the mail you're like oh i got my five pack of cds and they just keep coming uh-huh and then they send you a hoodie and the blowfish you're like i don't want this and like, they send you a bill 
Yeah. I'm, like, I'm not paying that. Yeah. I'm just a kid. <laughs> I'm just going to twist and shout. <laughs> the spin doctors. I don't want to listen to this. <laughs> no. What are we, the accounting crows? Uh-uh. You're like, okay, well, one song's good, but I don't know, I have to have the whole CD. <laughs> Garth Brooks. All right, man, we'll let that play a couple Unless of times. Unless it's the but... box set. You know, then I got to have it. <laughs> oh, late 90s box sets. The Zeppelin, remember that one? Yes. Songs of Freedom, Bob Marley box set. Like, oh, that dude. one too. Oh, yeah. man, I'm See, telling I, you. I, I'm having a hard time here. Better. What was better, music in the 90s? I'm saying music delivery in the 90s or now. Because mm-hmm. Spotify is extraordinary. Well, it's amazing when you can say... You wake up one morning and you have a song in your head and you're like, I'm gonna listen to that. To just type it in and it just plays. It's the best. Like, or my kid's song. I'm like, it's on SoundCloud or whatever. I'm like, how do you guys do that? Like, that's amazing that you just. It's, it's amazing. Load anything that you want. It's the best, but it doesn't come with any sacrifice. Spotify's what? Six bucks a month or something? I don't even know. It's unbelievably cheap. And it's everything. How much do you know? How much money do you spend every month on apps? You probably have no idea. You just download an app oh and then God. it comes out of your account. Yeah, I check. I, it, it's like <laughs> north of two hundred bucks. Yeah, probably. Where I'm just Same. like, You're what like, is oh, all what? this stuff? Yeah, six ninety nine. Yeah, just just peppered with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, comparatively to what I used to spend on music, I mean, I remember my freshman year in college. I went to college with two thousand dollars in my pocket. Two thousand bucks. And the first week of college, I went to the record store and I spent $800 on CDs. In college? Yeah. That's a lot of money. I know, but I was like, I had money in my pocket. And of course, all I needed was music. Yeah. It was critically important. So I felt like there was a sacrifice that we made back then where you're like, do I need this album or that album? Am I going to try this Curtis Mayfield album or am I going to stick with that Dr. Dre record I know Uh slaps? Well, I remember taking... CDs and DVDs because I like collect them. It's like books still to this day. I won't read a book on a Kindle. I like the feel in my hand and the paper. I love that. I'm all in audiobooks now. <laughs> but I remember taking CDs and DVDs to that other record store that was on Colorado Boulevard. What was that one? Colorado Boulevard. Oh, so cheapo ex- discs. Yes. Yeah. And selling them so just so I could pay my rent. Oh, absolutely. That month. You need gas money? Yeah, you just go sell it. Sell that Led Zeppelin box set again. Yeah, it's so crazy. Oh, my God. We could talk about this for hours. I know. I know you got to go to it. Well, you could just pause me because she needs to talk to me about something. No, I appreciate it. We're just going to button it up right here. But this is awesome. I appreciate you doing this. Everybody, you got to come down. Iowa and Pearl Street, Hazel, Art, Bar, Community, Cocktails, Beer, Wine. It's your vision. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So good to see you. You too. Bye, everybody. Bye.